Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I'm your host, Steven Navarra, and it is finally here. NFL season kickoff is less than 24 hours away from us right now, even closer than that if you're listening. Maybe it's already happened. NFL Sunday is a few short days away. We're almost to the weekend. Uh, incredibly exciting time of my life. I cannot wait. Uh, Danny, uh, can you wait? I have, am through waiting. I am. It was a fantastic opening weekend of college football. Peep Danny's poll on Twitter, and, or X, excuse me, and, and argue with me. Uh, yeah, it's just beautiful, beautiful football season already, and NFL hasn't even tipped off yet, so I'm ready. Yeah, I had some some nice wins on college this weekend and some bad losses, uh, such as putting Clemson in a teaser. That was fucking Ooh, my stupidest true. thing I've done. I've been uh, doing, I've been doing. I did okay on my uh, college bets. Freaking Rivers Sportsbook has been doing a daily promo for the U.S. Open. It's freaking insane. I I calculated it earlier. So if you bet fifty bucks you get a $25 free bet daily, which is an amazing deal because, you know, if you hit half of them, you know, you're at least breaking even and getting basically a $25 free bet daily. I started out, I hit four of my first five. Things were great. Things were beautiful. 0 for 2 again today brought me to 15 straight misses, which (laughs) is literally a point, assuming they're all 50-50, which some of them have been slightly more or slightly less. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, if I pick someone minus 200 or freaking whatever. Like, like it's it's crazy. So assuming they're all 50-50, two to the 15th power, it was a point, a 0.003% chance of losing 15 in a row. But <laughs> as few dream of it, but I, I do it. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, I had a good had a good uh, opening weekend, and Florida State came through for me in a big way. Yeah, hammered Florida State. That was uh, the easy way. <laughs> yeah, was all in on that. That worked out beautifully, and then pretty much, yep, lo- lost it all on on Clemson the next day. So yeah, it is what it is. It's uh, the ebbs and flows of football season. And if I can just stay away from the losers, um, we'd be great. We'll be doing great. Let's get right into a few injury notes and obviously the Bosa contract coming through today at the at the 11th hour, quite literally. I couldn't in- wait three more days. They had, to, they had to squeeze it in in time for week one, those bastards. Well, I mean... The the thing is, people keep comparing him to T.J. Watt, and T.J. Watt did not this. He held in. He still was at camp doing individual drills and seeing the team, being around the team. I'm sure it was still awkward, but forget all that stuff. Boza has not put football pads on and hit another NFL football player since um, January and he has not been to camp. I I actually don't. No one uh, can explain this to me. Someone out there, maybe. How is he allowed to play Sunday without going through the acclimation period? Like, why does every other player have to do acclimation period? He can just sign his contract, show up today. I assume by the time it was announced, he didn't even practice today, uh, unless they had a late 
practice. I guess that is the West Coast time, but that was still like a 3, 4 p.m. Like that was a noon announcement. Uh, who knows if he even practiced today? I guess we can look that up. I don't see how he's game ready for Sunday and how he's not going to have some sort of fatigue or I'm thinking it's a high risk of injury, not only this Sunday, but for the next few Sundays. Yeah, he's an elite talent and all he has to really do is get to the quarterback. So like the game planning stuff's not the problem. It's strictly from a physical standpoint and particularly this um, voiding or bypassing this acclimation period that was so important to add in uh, to NFL training camps. It doesn't matter for Nick Bosa, I guess. I know nothing about it. I'm sure he'll be on some sort of a snap count imposed by the Niners, but Dan Moore Jr. certainly has his hands full week one. Good luck, Kenny. Yeah, well, Dan Moore... I think they're moving him to right tackle and then left tackle is going to be Broderick Jones. So then they might line him up against the rookie. Well, damn. <laughs> yeah. So, welcome. Welcome to the NFL kid. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, we're going to have to literally just keep Najee back there too. To- they, they still got the Steelers depth chart has Dan Moore left tackle starting over Jones. I don't, I don't see them. Yeah, uh, I don't Bosa, see them putting either of them over Chooks on the right side. Bosa left his Florida home Wednesday today, so then he'll be at practice tomorrow. So he's literally going to practice tomorrow and Friday walkthrough. So one practice this entire preseason. Nick Sir or not Nick Sirianni. Kyle Shanahan said, "I know Nick will come in shape. I know he'll be good." It'd be great if we could get into something today. Well, I don't think he's getting into anything today flying from Florida. I don't think he's getting into pads today, buddy. It will be smart with it. I disagree. I think playing him Sunday (laughs) from a completely unbiased and injury standpoint position, I think it's not smart to just throw him in there. Uh, I guess that does allude to them being him being on a snap count. But, man, when it's the third, fourth quarter, and obviously that's when, you know, the defense got to grind to get to the quarterback. Like, I just don't see him being that, you know, top three pass rusher type of player in the fourth quarter on Sunday. So I'm I'm not too worried about it. We've talked a lot about this. Um, (laughs) It's all – this is all coming from my Steelers fanhood and how I'm salty if that hasn't shined through. Let's let's move on to someone else I have disdain for, but not really, is Joe Burrow. He's back. He's he's back fully, so absolutely no worries about his calf. Um, they kept it under wraps well. It certainly, ooh, excuse me, certainly did not look good uh, when when it happened. Combine that with his prior injury history, but you know he's good to go. I do think his knees are on the clock, so to speak, for for when the next problem will occur. As we've kind of been saying since the the unhappy triad, he he really would be a unicorn example, a case study example, if he just you know plays for the next decade without missing any more significant time due to the knees. I concur. He's back full practicing, so he'll be out there week one. Has struggled against the Browns, though. 
Yeah, the Browns so, tend to have their number, but uh, we'll I think the the Cleveland's offense is or Bengals' offense is better than Cleveland's offense, and I think they both have superior defenses. It's is week one, so it's always some wonkiness will happen. I I do like the Browns still in in the spot because uh, the the Bengals tend to lose week one historically with with Joe Burrow so far, and then. You know, the Browns just kind of have the Bengals number and it's in Cleveland. That's a, a light, a light play. If you're going to go on the Browns, I wouldn't uh, dump the wheelbarrow on them. And then a um, couple wide receivers, you know, Cooper Cup, definitely out. Uh, people are like doubtful for week one. No, he's definitely out for week one. And maybe even going on the IR for a full four weeks as we've discussed many times when you have a significant soft tissue injury hamstring injury such as this you really do need a full four weeks for uh that soft tissue those deep tissue muscles and his his thick hamstring to fully repair and be able to cut and turn and and sprint and stop and all the things wide receiver does so he's their franchise guy too so I don't know. I don't know about Cooper Cup. I'm sure he definitely wants to play, but man, uh, not not good news for the Rams uh, as I think they they're a live dog against Seattle this week. Week one, they're fully healthy, other than Cooper Cup. But other than that, and they'll beat the Cardinals. But other than that, I don't see them winning too many football games, especially without Cooper Cup. Yeah, I I concur entirely. If he's out, it's, it's definitely bad news for the Rams. As thin as they, I mean, they've got some great players still, but but zero depth. So if anything happens to Cup or Donald, like they're they're toast. NFC's wide open. I mean, there's really nobody great in the NFC outside of the Eagles, and the Eagles still lost a lot from last year. So I mean, anybody really can make the playoffs and make a run in the NFC. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the Cowboys will be. They need to take it easy with him. If he's not on IR before Sunday, they're not going to put him on IR, I don't think. Because then it would have to be, you know, till the fifth game he would be out, right? So, so I, I mean, I, I think he'll probably be back before. I, I don't think they'll put him on IR. Even if he does miss four weeks, I think they'll, you know, take that risk and just waste a roster spot and hope he can get back early. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely was tough news. I, 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 it was, I was hoping he was going to get back earlier and tough for him, tough just as a football fan in general. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, the opposite side of things, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba expected to play. He had the wrist, the wrist, uh, surgery about three weeks ago, something like that. And he is, you know, fully back. He's been, um, active in practice for over a full week now. So really absolutely no concern there. Still a rookie. So I don't know what his um, production will be like to start the season, but uh, I I definitely love him this entire season for fantasy, especially if he's a low price guy. Um, I think, I think it's always going to be a toss up between him and Lockett and Metcalf. Who's going to have the big week. We'll move right into the biggest story of the week, which is Travis Kelsey's hyperextension of his knee. The MRI came back clean, which means he's got no tears in his ligaments. 
and it's speculated that it's a bone bruise. And so, you know, that can still take a few weeks to fully heal up and be able to put high impact on, but he's a tough cat. So I could see him being back in a couple of weeks, absolutely latest, you know, about week four, uh, a tough, tough spot. If you took him in the first round, that's still, that's a tough thing to come back from to lose, you know, three weeks of, of production where you're expecting to win the tight end position just about every single week. Um, and then the lions, I don't know what the line moved to. I have the lions plus six. I've, I've seen it as low as four and a half, but it's, it's been different. It, it's different on sports, five but... and a half on FanDuel right now. Um, that's going to be a wonky game. I just like the underdogs in, in the f- very first game and the under two really, but I'll never take an under in a chiefs game. So I yeah, will... week one's always wag. I was actually leaning, leaning the under in this game because it's 52 and a half chiefs with, uh, I'll touch on this later when we go over our seasonal seasonal awards. But I mean, if Kelsey misses, you know, the chiefs have like Mahomes is out there with nobodies really, man. So it, I can see, uh, you know, 28, 24, 52 points. That's, that's still hitting your under. So I'm leaning more, uh, more towards going the under rather than, than trusting these guys to. I'm hoping for a slow up. start and I'll take the live over. There you go. That's a plan. Yeah. That's, yeah that's, I like that. That's, that's what I'm planning on. Uh, we'll get right into. Oh, wait. I wanted to say, I, I think there. Sounds like they're optimistic with Kelsey. They're still listing him as questionable for tomorrow, the opener. But as you know, as soon as that is from the injury, I, I doubt it. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him back out there for week two. I think this is your best case scenario for all those people that did draft him early. Obviously, yeah. if he's out the year, then you're fucked. He ain't so gonna be out the year. You got lucky. It, yeah. It would, oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, um, kind of we touched on this earlier in the summer he's just a guy that's never really been out uh for the the great majority of his career and it almost feels like he's due and this is a very ominous sign to start this yeah that's crazy well and we'll see how darren waller goes i i took him in our fantasy league so him i got him with daniel jones and then i also got Pickett pickens We'll see who who's my starting tr- set here by, you know, halfway through the season. But what you know what? Let's just finish our typical episode, and then we'll do our special of seasonal picks for y'all. So, as is tradition, we go right into our next segment. And what is that, Danny? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a real tough one. We have the LGBTQIA plus. Retiree of the week. Got to give it to the 34 times LGBTQIA plus player of the week. Carl Nassib abruptly announced his retirement today. Ah, tough. That's, tough as a Penn tough. Stater. Tough as, a, as your all, all your favorite segment. Who, know, who knows when it makes its return? Uh, but You, you know, know, we could pivot to LGBTQIA plus athlete of the week. We can broaden it. We're um, <laughs> still pretty limited. I don't know. I don't know anything. I, who, Rapino, she, I ain't giving it to her. But yeah, uh, maybe dig into high school sports. <laughs> we got, uh, yeah. So the, uh, you know, the All American, former National Sack leader, 
Happy trails, Carl Nassib. Sure, uh, sure appreciated your dedication during the, the scary sanction years. Yeah. And this, we might be retiring this segment with him. <laughs> or at least a hiatus. We need some more brave souls to come forward. LGBTQIA plus player of the week is currently on the pup. We don't know when they'll be activated. <laughs> and then that brings us to the other football draw of the week. I, one of my favorite segments. I think I think it's a sleeper for best segment of the whole show. I think it because we do it the quickest, uh, unless Danny goes on a U.S. men's uh, national team they, rant. They do play this weekend, so we got that going for us. It's uh, friendly, right? Friendly or? Yeah, just friendly. Well, well yeah, we don't have to qualify no. for World Cup, so exactly. nothing but friendlies. And UEFA no, is. Copa America, though, which will be huge. Uh, well, uh, I'll just go straight to mine. Serie A. Inter Milan versus AC Milan. It's the two Milans, and they're both really good. So why not? Why not a draw? This is a uh, you're gonna have to get a new one because they're they're on the international break, so that's not till the weekend after. Oh shit! Well, looks like I'm gonna take a UEFA game. <laughs> you pretty much do MLS or international, yeah. There's only four MLS. You know what? The MLS game I was kind of looking at was Portland versus. LAFC, that's a plus 260 draw. Out go out. There you go. I, I, I'm going to go the, the – uh, oh, dog's barking. Shoot, I was not prepared. Oh, I like – no. He's know trying what to I tell like? you what to pick. He must be trying to tell me what to pick. The Minnesota United, I think they get, they get a draw against the, the New England Revs at home. Uh, Revs had a freaking lights-out goalie from Serbia. Just sent him to Chelsea, so they're going to – they're going to start to struggle a little bit. That's plus 270. Oh. Do you, do you need to uh, tend to the dog? No. I don't. He just. I don't know what he's barking at. He loves draw the week. He loves hashtag draw the week. Uh, so that brings us to. Well, we will save our week one greasy gambling locks of the week for the end of the show. And. I've not reached out to Jimmy, so you know, I guess he's just he's off. He's done. Big Papa Jim. Uh Jim, if you're listening, which I know you're not, um, we'll still have you if if you if you'd like to appear. All right, let's get into the some seasonal picks. Uh a little bit lighter this year, I suppose, than last last year. I think we made picks for an hour. Uh, kind of narrowed it down. They've the books have narrowed it down a bit. Um, not they don't have interception like they used to. Like they didn't have any rookie quarterbacks on the interception over under list, which is uh, very um, it's bullshit. Whatever, we'll keep it moving. And would you like to start? I did mostly like just seasonal awards and then some. Uh... Because we already gave out all of our over-unders on the last show. Right. If you want to listen to that, we have a bunch of – skip to the last half of the episode. We got a bunch of team over-unders. And, you know, now we'll, we'll stick more to the seasonal awards and um, season, regular season props. So I'll, I'll, we'll, ju- we'll go by position, and I'll start with quarterback here. 
Uh, we both love Kenny Pickett over 3,300 and a half passing yards. That's, you know, the same ballpark as uh, Derek Carr and it's less than Matthew Stafford. And it's really bottom of the barrel. The only people listed lower than him are like De- Desmond uh, Ritter and Sam Howell. So that's disrespectful to Kenny Pickett, who's made a huge leap so far. He's shown it in preseason. As someone who's watched and consumed almost all of Steelers training camp, Pickett's going to be a dude. And he's going to have – he might not blow this out of the water, but I definitely think 3,500 is a much more respectable line for him. So I think he clears this by a couple hundred yards. I, I think he clears it comfortably as long as he doesn't get hurt. That's the only thing. I mean, he's got way too many weapons to not throw for 200 yards a game. So, yeah, yeah hammer that. Yeah, we both love that. And as I mentioned – um. This is on underdog, so you do have to parlay it with at least something else. Uh, they do have Patrick Mahomes to have at least one yard passing tomorrow, so you could take uh, this with that. And that is Matthew Stafford under 3,600 and a half passing yards. Same thing as last year. I don't think he makes it through the entire season. I think the Rams completely fall apart by halfway through the season. And uh, and it could be Stetson Bennett in for the last handful of games. I, you know, and uh, Matt Stafford's not coming out of the starting position unless he gets hurt. I don't think he's gonna, he's not gonna perform so badly that he gets benched. But I, I do think this is his last year. And I think he's, he, I've heard he's throwing it well, but that was, that's against, when you're not allowed to get touched. So as soon as he gets touched up a little bit, um, I expect him to, to, yeah, not be performing so highly. And finally, uh, Anthony Richardson, I did find his over 11 and a half interceptions. And that's, you know, that's what it's at 11 and a half. And they're not taking him out for anything this year, except injury. So, you know, rookie quarterback, not the most accurate passer. He's going to be passing outside of the pocket a lot. Who knows if what his vision is going to be like. So that's just that's basically rookie quarterback take his over interceptions. A rookie that you know isn't going to get benched. So I really like that one. That that was on underdog as well. If you can find it elsewhere, good luck. Anything else for quarterback? I do not. Yeah, so, yeah, and again, just to confirm, I'm looking at FanDuel. They don't have a single rookie quarterback um, listed for regular season interceptions, and that's absolute that's, – that's chicken shit, sports books. Put, put your nuts on the table. And seriously, that's why they always win, because everything that they lose on, they just take away. You can't, can't bet it. <laughs> Thinking whores. All right, running back, Josh Jacobs, over 1,075 rushing yards. The dude had 500 more rushing yards than that last season. And, you know, I think they made a lateral move at quarterback. The offense is probably still going to run through Josh Jacobs. And, again, you know, it's as long as he stays healthy, even for the majority of the season, meaning he's going to miss – you know, less than four games. I think he still um, 
great chance to have an 1100 yard season. So I, I went, you know, that's a lighter play, but one I like. Do you have any other uh, running back uh, takes? I, I didn't have any any more over unders. I was just doing seasonal seasonal awards, so I can right. you can you can keep doing your thing, or I can look some up if I want to. If anything jumps out at me. Well, I I stayed away from wide receiver and tight end because that's where I kind of lost all of mine last year. I took a bunch of overs. And, like, I say this every year on this episode, rule of thumb, just take the under for pretty much every rushing and passing and receiving prop because, you know, it's the NFL. And these numbers are based off of guys playing 17 games a year and almost nobody does. So uh, particularly running back, obviously, but even at wide receiver, you know, almost none of them make it um, the entire 17 games, you know, fully at their, at their starting at their peak performance rate. So yeah, stay, stay away from most of that, Uh, you know, stuff like Chris, Chris Godwin, maybe under 800 uh, passing yards. A lot, lot of good, lot of good unders out there. So if you're leaning towards any overs, reconsider it. Uh, Travis Kelsey, oh, they took him off the board. Zay Flowers is six twenty-five, maybe that over. Christian Watson, I would take his over actually, eight hundred and fifty yards. He's the the number one target by far and away. Um, I think that's a little undervalued for a a wide receiver one. Hopkins is 850. I might take that under just because of his injury history, you know, but that's all speculation. I'm not putting any of that in fine print. All right. Under on in. those are always pretty fair bets because anybody can miss time and then you're, then you're golden. Let's go. Let's start with the defense. So uh, defensive rookie of the year. You have one guy, I have another. Who do you have? I have Will Anderson. I think it's yeah. going to be similar to Micah Parsons. I think he's just going to run away with it, plus 430. And dude, I, dude's just a freak, absolute freak. Yeah, I took the favorite, Jalen Carter. Wait, Car- Carter was like 550. Anderson was the, was the favorite. No, I, I got Jalen Carter at plus 750. Well, regardless, Will Anderson Ander- was the favorite. Will Anderson's the favorite. You're right. I said I said Jalen Carter. That's, that's on me. Uh <laughs> He's the second favorite, and everybody else is nowhere near plus seven. Everyone else is 10 to 1 or, or way above. So those are like the two, the two standouts. Um, and then defensive player of the year, I, I went with the favorite. I went with um, Micah Parsons. I think he's strung together two excellent seasons, and now if he can – you know, take another step forward, which it looks like he can and should, then uh, he, he'll he win this award probably on popularity. Unless T.J. Watt breaks the sack record, I don't see um, Micah Parsons losing this award if he takes that step forward. Who, who do you got? I truly think Micah Parsons probably has – well, obviously he's the favorite, so I, I – think he has the best chance to win it but my pick was sauce gardner plus 2000 i think is great odds after the season he had last year just the addition of rogers it sounds weird bring in a good quarterback helps your dpoy case but i think 
if the Jets do take a big step forward, obviously just being on a great team is half the battle to win these awards anyways. So um, if he has another great year and say the Jets are 12 and five, something like that, then obviously I think that that gives him a lot of, uh, it'll give him a lot more votes than he would on a mid Jets team. So I think that's, I think that's a great, great chance for him. That is great value. Um, Moving to offense. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I went. Uh, shocker, favorite, Bijan Robinson. But I've kind of been on him all August long as I've kind of seen him in camp, and he is uh, the real deal. I think it's a stupid move to have drafted him. It's a running back at such a high pr- price tag in real life. But, uh, you know, I did the same thing in our fantasy draft. I took him first uh, round. So, you know, I I like it. If I'm going to draft a guy first round, a rookie running back in the first round of my fantasy draft, I might as well um, lay a few bucks down on rookie of the year too because those two things would go hand in hand. Who did you take? You took a quarterback. I Yeah, I'm I'm afraid of B. John just because I don't trust his usage. I've been scared of him in fantasy too just with Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier. Algier already there. I don't know how much of a bell cow he truly will be. Obviously the dude is a, is a freak and he's, you know, everything on paper. Um, I just don't trust the Falcons and I don't trust their offense enough to leverage him, you know, the low odds that he has. Uh, so, I, I mean, I always love a quarterback for this award to begin with. Stroud just has way better odds than um, Bryce Young. He was like 430 or 450 or something, whereas Stroud is – plus a thousand. So I think you have great odds for Stroud who's coming in day one as a starter. We're both super low on the Panthers. The Panthers are going to stink, but, and uh, I think Bryce Young's in for a long, hard, tough season. I do like Stroud, but to your point of not trusting the Falcons, I don't trust the fucking Texans 10 times more. So I think Stroud also, he's going to have to make, something out of nothing um, 10 times every Sunday. So, you know, which would put him in that category if he does do that. But uh, that's that's tough. And he doesn't have many weapons around him. Uh, Tank Tank Dell is getting all the hot, hot takes. And it's like, well, he's a rookie on a shitty team. And just because him and Stroud are boys doesn't correlate to NFL production. So... You know, we'll see how that plays out. I don't hate – I like it for value, Stroud, but nothing more than that. Uh, offensive player of the year, Danny has a pick. I don't I don't have one. I just think this – you know, the quarterbacks are always – a lot of times MVP is kind of the quarterback award, and then they give this to another, you know, skill player. I, I think – Let's do your MVP first, and then I'll come back to my reasoning for this. But give give your MVP MVP pick, and then I'll go. Oh boy! I mean, I'm I'm the same as you. It's okay. uh, that, and yeah. Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> my, if I, I, if I he hate. does it, if he has the sit, just to this to touch on Mahomes, if he has the same kinds of seasons he's been having with you know having no wide receivers, and now if Kelsey's banged yeah. up and he yeah. still does it, then shit, it's it's his. That's exactly – that was exactly my reasoning. I was on – so so this is kind of a segue into my next 
pick, but I was I've been on Josh Allen for MVP just because Mahomes losing weapons and uh I mean I think Buffalo is just stacked. Uh I think Kincaid is a great addition. I think James Cook is gonna take a step forward. Obviously, you know, the receivers are still there. So, so I think I, I expect a huge year out of Josh Allen, which I got him in one fucking fantasy league, which kinda sucks. But I think he he pops off and I was I was always I was on him at for MVP the whole time till Kelsey goes down. Now I exactly what Steve said with the, the, the poverty lineup that the Chiefs have if Mahomes has another crazy year. It's, I mean, the, his receiving core is trash. He has no tight end. His his running backs are kind of – you never really know who the starting running back is. So, yeah, I mean, if he has anything close to what he did last year and the Chiefs win 12, 13 games, I don't see how you can't give it to him at that point. So Mahomes plus 600 – even as the heavy, the, the odds-on favorite, I think, is, is a great bet. Um, but for basically the reason I just said, I think maybe if Mahomes balls out, I mean, if Josh Allen balls out, has crazy numbers, even if the Bills aren't quite as, uh, you know, let's say the Chiefs win a few more games or whatever and they give Mahomes the MVP, I think Josh Allen with – better numbers than Mahomes, even though he won't win MVP for that reason, might have a chance to win the Opoi. And he's plus 3,000 for that, which is crazy odds. So weird rationale there, but I like it as a bet. While you were talking, I was scrolling, and would you like to guess what FanDuel's line on TJ Watt's sacks are for the season? And it's even money. 13 and a quarter. And that's Minus 102 for the over. Yeah, I'm taking that. That's an easy one. Go ahead and put some money right on that. Yeah, you're just, you're literally just betting TJ Watt stays healthy this uh, year. Because there's no way he doesn't get 15 plus healthy. They, they're, they're stacked across the whole line. So, you know, Highsmith will get some. Uh, Nick Herbig will get um, some. But uh, yeah, no, I, TJ's getting way more than 13 if he's playing all year. That's a fact. And then we'll go to, well, coach of the year, Mike Tomlin, plus 2,100. Uh, So, you know, if, if, uh, and they vote on this at the end of the regular season. So if Mike Tomlin can get this team to the playoffs with, you know, obviously doing it after Ben and with a revamped, uh, completely new roster than what he started with and even what he's had in the past. He's This is kind of his third era as the Steelers head coach, and I don't believe he's won this award ever yet. The Steelers do get snubbed on these a lot, but it's just good value to put put a minimum bet on that's plus, you know, 21 to 1. If they make the playoffs and there's no, like, crazy story like a day bowl or someone last year that had a, you know, great – season the media is just so big on Tomlin right now that it kind of feels like it's his award well and I got fucked on Nick Sirianni last year at 17 to 1 because of day ball and I guarantee you at the end of this season it's gonna you know you're gonna look back and think well how did how did day ball win coach of the year I mean because I don't see them having that great of success again this year and winning the division 
Um, well, they didn't win the division. Uh, the Eagles won the fucking division. <laughs> so, yeah, the coach of the year comes in second in his division. Uh, that makes sense, NFL writers. Do you have any other ones? I got one more. Um, one more special teams one to give out. You got any? Did not have a sp- – oh, yeah, give your special teams one, and then I just got a, got a Super Bowl pick. Oh, yeah, we'll end with a Super Bowl matchup each. Oh, uh, yeah, you got to do the matchup. Or even a Final Four if you're really feeling frisky, but we know that'll take 20 minutes for you. So uh, Super Bowl matchup coming up. My my special teams prop is longest field goal of the season made over 62 and a half yards. I believe last year it was what? There was a 61-yarder made. It it was the same thing, and they made they they made a sixty two yarder like week one. I feel like yeah, it was it was under the half. Yep, it yeah. was it was sixty two. So I doubled down. I doubled down from last year, and I'm getting it. We're getting it back this year. Uh, it's gonna happen. Um, so yeah, best of luck to me. And then uh, Dan- Danny, do you have a Super Bowl matchup yet, or just uh? Still thinking on it. Fuck, I'm muted. I was talking. I do not have NFC yet. I, I wasn't going to take an NFC team just because I, so, I have no idea what to expect from the NFC this year. It is so freaking unpredictable. Um, yeah. I do love the I, – I, I have the Bills. The Eagles' odds are too good. It scares me. They they did – you know, they, they lost a lot. Obviously, they reloaded. Had some great draft picks and some great additions, but – they did lose a lot, especially on the O line, which makes me nervous. I think their odds are too like it's NFC's too heavy, Philly, for me to pick them. I mean, I, I feel like it, crazy as it sounds, Dallas might be your best odds in the NFC. But I like I like the Bills just with the Chiefs kind of Kelsey misses extended time, which I don't think he will. But he, even if he's not a hundred percent, who knows what what goes on with the Chiefs? Um, so I, I like the Bills. Having better odds, 450 to win the AFC, 900 to win the Super Bowl. Then I'll say, I'll just say my uh, my Bills Cowboys. I guess we'll see what that. That's plus 3700. Bills so, and the I boys. Guess, that's uh, man, but I can't even. I mean, it just sounds. It's like it's giving me chills picking the Cowboys. Like, but the NFC is just wide open. There's nobody in the NFC. Yeah, honestly. Uh, Seahawks Super Bowl winners 35 to 1. Uh, it could happen. Geez, really, uh, if you're taking the Bills, I don't want to take the Bills. I do really like that. You, you do have better, you have great odds picking an NFC team to win the Super Bowl strictly because not that the NFC's teams are going to be better than, say, the Bills or the, or the Chiefs or the Bengals or even the Dolphins, I think, will be really good. But just just from the fact that the NFC team in the playoffs doesn't have to run the gauntlet, like like you know, what I mean, the Bills got to go through Kansas City and and Cincy and mm-hmm. you know a, a good wild card team. So like you know somebody like the Seahawks, they might freaking who knows they could get the one seed and then play the Giants or you know what I mean, and it's a lot a lot easier of a of a journey to get to the Super Bowl and then anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, picking it this early is, is silliness, but you know what? I'll just say I, I, I would would say the Bengals, but fuck, fuck, I can't do that. Fuck it, Jets, Jets, and um, Jets and Seahawks. 
Jets and Seahawks Super Bowl. I don't I don't actually think that that's going to happen, but for the sake of the pod, that's where I'm laying my egg. Jets Jets Seahawks on a a whim. Also don't hate the Lions. They have a good offensive line that matters a lot in the in the winter. Three. I am play indoors. I just I I would love for the Lions to do well, but I'm scared of mushing them. And they're the well, also the they, Lions. They so have some holes on defense. Up. Yeah. Well, I think it's that time for week one greasy gambling picks. That's right. I can't wait. All right. I are you taking the Steelers? I'm taking the Steelers. I am not taking the Steelers. So Steelers, you uh, just to, off the rip, Steelers plus two and a half is my lock of the week. There you go. I For the reasons I talked about with Nick Bosa, on top of them having two injured kickers last week and signing a rookie for, for their field goal kicking, and Brock Purdy hasn't played all preseason. It's a fact, you know, quarterbacks and teams that don't play their starters in the preseason start week one atrociously slow and typically don't win week one. This is the Steelers first home opener in forever. Uh, they've got, they had a perfect camp. Um, it just don't overthink it. Don't overthink this one. 49ers had a way more rough um, August than the Steelers. The Steelers is my lock of the week. I was debating taking lines plus well, five and a half now, but you know, um, we're not there quite yet. My other pick is definitely going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Colts. Jags minus four and a half. Jags own the Colts, knocked them out of the playoffs with Carson Wentz. I think they beat them uh, a division game. You know, uh, I will say going against a home dog divisional game in week one is like the everybody it's like breaking all the rules and that's kind of what makes it the perfect pick um but i do not trust uh new head coach new system rookie quarterback i don't trust that in week one beat a team that is you know trying to win the division trying trying to make a super bowl run the jags are so give me give me the jags minus four and a half and uh, hell, I already put it in. So, so Lions plus five and a half. <laughs> Chiefs have been notorious for winning and not covering. And uh, it's just the dog in the Thursday night kickoff game. I don't love it, but it it's gonna it's on my board. So give me the Lions plus five and a half. Those are my three picks. Lions, Jags, Steelers. We gotta implement Good, good picks. I will say we got to implement some. We got to re-implement the punishment thing to some degree. Oh, I got the hiccups. Yeah, and to actually start a TikTok and do clips, or like a season, season loser punishment. Which me, Steve, both had good seasons last year. Finished both above five hundred. He slightly edged me. Tough, tough week. I do love the, the NFL is like so wide open. Like it's. Week one's always crazy and unpredictable. Uh, I do love the Steelers covering. Uh, Bosa, Rusty, you know, Kittle banged up. Purdy coming off an injury. All the things are adding up for a Steelers upset, but I'm not. I'm not touching it. I actually have a little bit of change on the on the Niners just for the emotional hedge. 
but it did better on the college picks last year, and I lo- absolutely love this college slate. It's tough to narrow it down to down to just three for this weekend. Um, but my lock, I will start with my lock of the week: Northwestern plus one and a half at home to UTEP. UTEP is fucking terrible. It's embarrassing even for Northwestern to be a dog. I mean, I understand the offseason they had and how bad they are, and you know, losing Pat Fitzgerald was obviously huge and they're entirely dysfunctional they just got absolutely embarrassed by Rutgers Northwestern is bad don't get me wrong they are terrible but UTEP is terrible they looked bad against Jacksonville State week one struggled last week against Incarnate Word who actually is a a very good FCS team uh, but UTEP still struggled with them I think if uh, you know Northwestern they get Howard in the middle of the season but they're not going to win a Big Ten game. They're barely even going to score in the Big Ten. So if they don't, if they don't pull off this win, they are staring one eleven in the face. If they beat Howard in the middle of the year, which they should, but who the fuck knows? They're terrible. So that's my lock. Northwestern's got to get the dub here. There's just no way they can't. So plus five, plus one and a half there. Lock that in. Lots of picks I like. Um, love Notre Dame this year going on the road at, at NC State minus seven and a half. I love that. Not taking it, I don't think, for the pod. Virginia at home, plus five and a half to, to in-state James Madison. Imagine being an underdog to James Madison. That's embarrassing for Virginia. Old Smith, Old Smith, Old Miss Tulane, another another sleeper. That's going to be a great game. Huge, huge college football week. I'm rambling. Liberty came through for me last week. I love them this week. Um, but for my two other podcast picks, I am going Oregon at Texas Tech, minus six and a half. Oregon, uh, obviously, it was just Portland State, but looked absolutely explosive last week. Texas Tech did not uh, upset by Wyoming. I just think, I don't think Texas Tech has enough to keep up with Oregon. I love them to win by a touchdown for sure. And then the other one, call me crazy. Call me freaking whatever you want to call me. I just think there has to be, after after all the energy, and all the plays that freaking Travis Hunt, Travis Hunter was on the field. Dude's a freak. 129 plays. Obviously, he's up to billing. Like, dude's a freaking phenom. Shadur Sanders, amazing. That TCU team is not the TCU of last year, though. Uh, Colorado being way too overhyped. They jumped high into the AP pool. Colorado is not deep. They were a terrible team last year. Obviously, they have a couple dogs now. Um, but I think it's just going to be a huge overreaction in the books and the in the polls, and I think the rest of the season will probably be a letdown with all the all the hype that they've generated just off of one one game, deservedly so. TCU also threw you know two picks in the end zone, shanked a field goal, kind of shot themselves in the foot throughout the game, gave up all the huge plays. Uh, so Nebraska plus three at Colorado. Uh, Nebraska's fucking terrible. They look terrible. They got embarrassed by Minnesota. Couldn't move the ball. But Nebraska's the way deeper team as far as, you know, at least recruiting and things like that. Four stars and five stars on the team. Well, I hate to tell you, but on FanDuel, it's Nebraska plus two and a half. Yeah, but on FanDuel, it's plus 102. Every every other sports book, you got, a, you got a minus three. So it so take it on any other, on any other yeah. sports book. I don't know why FanDuel's giving you plus money for two and a half but 
I don't like I that pick. I don't like the pick either because Nebraska's freaking stinks. But I just I'm expecting a big Colorado letdown after all the hype and like the energy of 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 this week. It almost all something like that almost always is followed with a crash. I don't think it happens against Nebraska. Though. ESPN, ESPN uh, FPI, which means absolutely nothing, but they're giving Nebraska a 57 percent chance to win, and you're giving me plus points. So, I mean, Nebraska over in the scheme of things is the more talented team. Obviously, they're a freaking train wreck, but I I, I just expect a Colorado hangover. So everybody's going to be on all the money's going to be on Colorado again. Hangover, ratings on the uh, wall. I will say, FanDuel does have a line for uh, the end of the month. And uh, Florida State is minus three at Clemson still. Florida State's a way better team. They're just, they, in even preseason, it was like, okay, Florida State or Clemson's winning the ACC. So this game's basically the ACC title game in it September. Really is. Really Clemson being at home, though, Clemson really did. I mean, when you look just at the stats and when you, like, when if you sat there and watched the game, obviously the scoreline tells you the complete opposite, but. Clemson was the way better team. They freaking all the stupid did fumbled into the end zone two possessions in a row. I mean, <laughs> what what was my tweet? Four hundred sixty yards or whatever, twenty nine first downs, and they had seven points. Like it, they, that's an anomaly. They, they really did put on a on an offensive good offensive performance. They just freaking they 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 Nebraska it basically. Uh, well, I'll tell you this much: if Clemson even somewhat struggles next week or the week after you ain't getting Florida state minus three in two no, weeks. Correct. So, but people, three weeks. that's another thing. That's, that's another, it's kind of similar to Colorado. That's just an extreme week one overreaction. It's the same thing with Clemson the past two years. You know, they've. Sure. They've I just think people, Florida people, state said a better, you know. A, a oh, de- they're, yeah. Yeah. Florida state's definitely the better team, even in Clemson. Um, I would think yeah. Florida State would win, but and uh, Clemson. Uh, they have Michigan minus two and a half against Ohio State. Let's see how the future game they have. Up. People have been so writing off Clemson now for two years, and you know it's like acting like they've you, the the negative publicity of, about Clemson the past two years and about Dabo. You would think that they went like freaking six and seven, but no, they went ten and three and eleven and two, and still won an ACC championship last year. So it's like. You know, obviously a bad game. Duke's not Duke's not a horrible team, but Clemson's going to turn around and still probably win ten games this year. All right, man. Steelers are minus one at home against Browns for Monday Night Football next Ooh. week. I will be there, and I will be hammering that line if they are still dogs. Yeah, well, all it's going to take is Browns to beat the Bengals to for that line to maybe shift, but... move it even farther. <laughs> Uh, all right, but it's here. We're ready. We're here. We've came. Carl Nassib has gone. Uh, yeah, we'll maybe we'll try to think of something on that. But uh, let us know at Return to Play Pod on Twitter what your college and NFL takes are. Tell us we're idiots. Yell at us for doing LGBTQIA plus player of the week uh, as one person did. Shout out to them. And we're do, we do it out of nothing but love and promotion of inclusivity. Maybe not so much 
you know, men getting to whoop everyone's ass in women's swimming meets. But, you know, at the NFL level, we're all about it. You know, people people choosing to do whatever they whatever walk of life they want, really, at, at, at any anything in life, you know, just choose who you want to be. But just to touch on that, it seems like the obvious move is just to make a third category for sports. Yeah, but that, that, that's stupid because then there'd be four people in it. But yeah, I mean, you can't make, you can't make it. You that I mean, this has a whole another hour long episode. No, they yeah. just have, if you're a freaking dude, okay, not for not for te- maybe not for team sports, but for things like individualized, like golf and swimming and all that. You just score. They they're still at the same meet as everyone else, just, but that's, it's just they're in their own. Lot, seems like a lot of work to to appease. Eh three people <laughs> well either you know once you make it uh, make it for everybody there would be more than three people um but i mean yeah, but nobody's but, i mean no yeah i don't know that just it, it, i guess it does seem like it's an sound, over an oversimple it sounded better in your head and then you said it and then and yeah but no i mean that yeah there's I still think it sounds yeah, it doesn't sound stupid or coming out of my mouth when I when I refine it to say um individual sports or you know sports where they can participate but just be scored um against each other differently so like you could just add them into meets and stuff like cross country track and field swimming um disc golf so bowling they, they win a gold medal every time because they're the only one competing in their category yeah but that's a better alternative than them winning the gold against a bunch of girls who are you, biological girls or you just count them in with the biological yeah or yeah i, I guess are. i guess that does and just the, yeah they just still <laughs> like okay okay they you've turned of, me around okay like a, lot you win. Work, a lot of work for for some nonsense. Okay, but, you win. Just compete in whatever right, you're biologically well, we just, assigned. We just got our can. We just got canceled. <laughs> we'll see you guys next, sorry. next year when we're unbanned. <laughs> sorry to the three people listening right now. We'll, we'll be back uh, for week one of 2024. Can't wait. All right. Well, enjoy week one. Enjoy the college football, whatever you're getting into, as the weather finally hopefully turns a little bit. We get away from this heat. That means uh, crack open a cold one, bust out the charcuterie board, watch some football. Stay healthy, America.